0: Uh, this is Nick Perkell from uh, WMSC 90.3, that's Montclair State University, and also the Aquarian Weekly, here to speak with... Uh...
1: Well, this is Neil.
2: And this is Josh.
0: Now, what bands are you guys from, and what position
1: do you play in those bands? Uh, I'm in Manic Scum and Cemetery Filth. I play bass in both bands.
2: I'm a rapper, believe it or not. I'm a rapper with an affinity for heavy metal music, so that's what I do. I used to be a vocalist in a band with Neil called Paralyzer. And also the vocalist in an old black metal band we did together way back in the day called Black Winter Holocaust.
0: I see. Cool. Now this year is going to be the inaugural mountains of madness festival on July 12th in Johnson city, Tennessee. Since you are putting on the fest, can you each tell me a little bit about your musical history in the South?
2: Um, I'll go ahead and let Neil uh, get it started if you want to, Neil. Uh,
1: the musical history and what? Um, just your musical history, like as, oh.
0: like a okay. promoter as well as like just a musician, just like growing up as well as like the person you are now.
1: All right. Well, uh, I've been in band for almost. Ten years now, but only more seriously for about uh, I guess six years now. And you know, I, I didn't really take much of an interest in really booking shows locally too much until uh, I'd say about a couple or a couple years ago, maybe three years ago. Uh, I've been in quite a few local bands over the years. I've been in a DB band. I've been. Uh, I used to play grind and thrash, and, I mean, I'm stuck playing death metal, and I'm not complaining about it now because I really – death metal is my thing right now. Uh, I've known Josh since, uh, I guess, it's been 2005 now, Um, and he's definitely been a big part of the scene around here too. Um, But, yeah, I mean – Basically, I've just been a big part of, well, I've been part of the local scene here for years. And I've, I've decided, you know, along with Alex, or other co-promoter, and Josh, that we want to start booking, you know, better shows here locally because it's your typical, you know, I don't know, southern scene where you have a lot of Bubba metal. Yeah. a lot of bands trying to be like Pantera. And you have, of course, your metalcore bands. and trying to sound like it's 2008 or 2006. But, yeah. now,
0: what do you mean by bubba metal? I've never heard that before. <laughs> That's actually
1: a term that Josh uh, coined. I'll let Helm explain that to you. Basic,
2: basically, bubba metal is um, like anything you would hear... In a redneck bar in the south, we're talking uh, dudes with beer guts playing dime bag flying V's from Dean Guitars. Uh, you know, like the vocalist will come up and give some speech about brotherhood and unity in the scene and how we all need to work together, <laughs> how it's all about a love for heavy metal music and Jägermeister. I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing that we, we just grew up
1: seeing. I mean, up north, I don't know guys have i doubt it if you have uh, as many bands like that but yeah uh down here we have a lot of pantera worshipers Twitch pantera we have nothing against but no um these bands they just completely go for that style and it's they don't do it very well <laughs> yeah count
2: count your stars if you don't have that going on <laughs> i swear count your stars <laughs>
0: I'd say, like, I guess up north, um, the biggest local band that's actually making some waves, these guys Condition Critical, they're actually uh, going out on a European tour, and they got published in Burn Magazine. Um, They actually, uh, I can't remember the person who did it, but somebody was calling them Demolition Hammer Jr., and obviously taking a little bit of influence from that, but I mean, it's just like, you know, pretty much just taking some pages from, The Big Four, lots of West Coast type uh, influence. Um, I mean, the Northeast, like, um, just like, there's really a very small scene compared to the West Coast. Um, The West Coast just annihilates everything in terms of comparison. Um, But there are some bands popping up here and there that are, but it's just their numbers. Yeah, are not as like, strong.
1: Yeah, West Coast, uh, out in L.A. especially. It seems like in San Francisco, but I'm noticing a lot of bands coming up in L.A. especially here lately. But as far as Condition Critical, they're they played here before, and they're actually going to be playing here in August on August 20th. And uh, yeah, it'll be cool to see them. They're definitely uh, good at what they're doing for sure.
2: Yeah, I definitely dig that band, and uh, just from a personal note, um, if somebody were to call anything I was in Demolition Hammer Jr., I would wear that as a badge of honor. Like, I would get t-shirts printed with that on it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, and um, now, tell me about, like, the show that's going to be put on at the Hideaway. Like, um, is it – did you figure out if you're going to have, like, part of the show in one location – and part of the show at another location, or did you just finalize it at one place?
1: Uh, Well, we discussed it, and the Hideaway is the bigger venue between the two, uh, and we didn't want any of the other bands having to play to a uh, lesser crowd, so we decided to just keep it at the Hideaway. It'll have to start later, but uh, we haven't really seen too many Uh, complaints about it going on later. Like people, it wouldn't deter people from coming completely. So we just decided to have it at the hideaway.
2: And plus people in our area are a bunch of maniacs. So even if the show runs really late, there's still going to be like a ton of energy in that place from people around here. They're just so starved for like real, real heavy metal music. So it should work out pretty well.
1: Yeah, the Hottaway typically does late shows. Uh, they usually start shows around 10 or 11, even for uh, bigger metal bands that come through, like Skeleton Witch and, you know, there's been a ton of bands that have come through and played in the hideaway and lately it's almost always late shows, and people come out and they stay for it. So uh, it shouldn't really get in the way even though it's uh, ten bands and it's starting later than you would typically think, um, I don't foresee any issues. No. Now,
0: are you guys um, having any friends of yours recording the show for future archives?
1: Uh, our friend uh, Alex Bias may be doing video for this. Josh. Uh, is closer with him. Um, I don't know. I think the last time they talked, he agreed to do it. Yeah,
2: Yeah, Bice seems done to do it for sure. Like, um, me and him go back. He used to play in a local, like old-school hardcore sounding kind of band uh, called In Time. And, I mean, we've both known him. Obviously, I've been closer to him. We've known Bice for going on since 2007 and it's looking like he is going to definitely be uh, shooting a good majority of the fest so yeah there will be some future archive material for
1: it. Yeah he's definitely a professional uh, quality uh, filmographer or whatever you would say because he has a really professional camera. He actually shot uh, Josh's uh, music video which was pretty controversial.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, he shot my first official video called "Hitman," and uh, that actually made it to to Metal Sucks, and yeah, it was it was entertaining. <laughs> That's another story into itself, though. But
0: <laughs> give me a few yeah, words. Simple. What actually happened in this video?
1: Uh, well, I'll let Josh uh, handle that.
2: <laughs> Basically, um. It was, it was the hip-hop video that, that I've always wanted to make, which was just a video featuring uh, me and my friends. Um, all the dudes in Manix Gum were in it even at the time. The, the ex-guitar player, Tyler. Um, my, uh, my dude, Arson, was in the video, too. It was a video, basically, we filmed it at Alex's house, uh, the guy who's sitting on the fest with us. All of us were wearing, like, our, uh, just our our normal clothes. It wasn't even anything that, like, we had to, you know, dress up for. Neil was wearing a death shirt, I think, and me and Alex were both wearing our vests that were patched up. And we shot the video from an angle that, like, we were assassins that all lived in this one house. You know, the video being called Hitman, that seemed like a logical thing to do. Uh, um, I sent it out to a few media outlets, included uh, Metal Sucks and one of those. Basically what happened is Metal Sucks posted the video and literally the comment section just turned into the biggest, I don't even know how to describe it, man. I cannot tell you, I haven't been called a poser that much in like that much (laughs) of a concentrated atmosphere in my life. I had one guy, I was wearing a dissection back patch. It's on my vest and it's been there since I got the vest. And uh, I had one guy tell me that the uh, Temple of the Black Light was gonna find me and like stab me to death for for putting a dissection patch in black metal videos. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So it, was, it was it was
2: definitely interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, it got a lot of hate, but it also got in, like over six thousand views. It in a five... very
2: very short period of time. Oh yeah, it, <laughs> it
1: reached five thousand views in several days. It was very. have to turn the ratings off because (laughs)
2: the The comments became very bloody.
1: I I don't think hip-hop and um, black metal or the metal scene in general really I mean obviously there's quite a few people into both but um, these metal sucks nerds and other more elitist metal fans Like the people
0: that post on blabbermouth.net?
1: Yeah. Like Stuff like that, you know, um, these kind of people that just have to let other people know how they feel, you know, that, yes. yeah, exactly what it was.
2: It's funny, the guy that had the most hatred for me, and we discussed this because we looked up his personal YouTube channel, was like 500 pounds and still lived in his mom's basement at like 840, which I thought
1: was, you know. <laughs>
2: hysterical so i'm like yeah cool okay <laughs> yeah,
1: I, think I think that's the uh, demographic right there for most metal sucks commenters and blabbermouth uh you know that kind of thing
0: now can you please name each of the bands that are going to be uh on the bill and a few words about their musical styles
1: all right uh well we'll have cemetery filled um starting there'll be first band playing and that's my new band we started
2: that's new local.
1: Yeah. We started in January. Um it was really it just came to be from me talking to uh this guy Matt Kilpatrick. Uh he lives just over like an hour and a half from me and uh he came to be hooked up with my uh old, my other band, Man It's Scum, and he was going to do graphic design for our and layout for our upcoming C D and so we got to talking and we were like, Hey, why don't we just start a band, you know, you're not that far away. So we decided to take like a simpler direction than Manic Scum and more about atmosphere and all that. We play old school death metal, has like a Lovecraftian uh, lyrical influence to it. Um that's, I don't know, it's just for... And the vocals are more like David Vincent from More of Angel, like early David Vincent, like Altars. So you don't hear that vocal style too much these days. So I think that kind of sets us apart a little bit. But that's Cemetery Filth. And then um, after that, we'll, we'll have Haunting play, which is a Atlanta death metal band. Featuring uh, members of Living Decay and Sadistic Ritual, uh, which Sadistic Ritual is a thrash band, pretty badass, and uh, Living Decay was this awesome death metal band in Atlanta that sounded like an Autopsy, and they kind of came together, and they, I, I can't really describe how they sound, uh, but they—it's definitely death metal, but they have their own thing going on. And, uh, yeah, I highly suggest everyone check them out. Um, then Future they're a Baltimore death metal band. They actually played Maryland Deathfest Fest um, last month. Uh, I guess they're fairly new. I've only heard of them recently. Um, but, yeah, they have kind of a more Swedish thing going on, but it's not over the top like a lot of bands aping on that style these days i really dig what they're doing uh they change it up just enough really uh every band on this has death metal you know in them um
2: the my just, personal favorite that i'm looking forward to is uh active impalement yeah from nashville tennessee that is the band that I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm excited. This is one of the few facts where I legitimately like every single band that we've got coming and that's going to be playing this. But that band to me is like, just, I don't know. The First of all, they sound like Celtic Frost. If Celtic Frost was a death metal band. And anyone who knows me knows how much I, you know, worship the ground Tom Warrior walks on. So I'm definitely excited to see those guys. And they're going to be on there too.
1: Yeah, they're more of a Doom death. Like, they they are a little bit quicker than your typical Doom band. They have more mid-tempo things going on, like Celtic Frost. Josh just uh, mentioned. But, yeah, I'm really stoked to see them. Uh, we have Shards of Humanity from Memphis. Uh, they are definitely more technical. Um, I guess if you had to compare them, to anyone, it'd be like mid-era death, like human and uh, individual thought patterns, mixed with like status and all that. It's more of a tech, technical death metal, but not your modern idea of technical death metal. Uh, I think they're a three-piece. They don't have a basis right now, but uh, very stoked to see them. Uh, we have Manic Scum, which is my other band we started in 2011 and we play a more old school sounding death metal as well but we're i wouldn't say we're technical but we are more inspired by the likes of like cannibal corpse uh suffocation uh you know things along those lines and morbid angel and all that um, not so much about atmosphere or anything, but yeah. Uh, and then we have Mangled from Atlanta, which if you had to compare them to anyone, I'd say bands like Carcass, uh, gore kind of metal stuff, uh, like Impaled, I guess would be a good comparison as well. Uh, yeah, they like ripped up. Yeah, for sure. Uh... <clears throat> And we have Ectavoid from Birmingham, uh, Alabama, which they're like a a blackened death metal band. Uh, I guess big incantation kind of influence there. Which I'm not uh, too into the incantation trend going on these days, but I think Ectavoid, like I really enjoy them. They are they do it better, and they have a blackened influence to uh, film, which I guess, I don't know, they just have their own thing going on. And I really Yeah,
2: Those in terms of the incantation influence, I'm totally with Neil on that one, but Ecto-Void and Incautination do that probably better than anybody, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, and then we have uh, Coffin Dust from Philly, and they've been around for several years. Uh, they definitely have their own thing going on. You can kind of, like with Mangled, you can tell they have the carcass influence and stuff like that, uh, that whole area going on. But they, they're they doing it in their own way, for sure. And uh, I've never seen them, so I'm looking forward to seeing them. And then the last band... The one that will closing out tonight is Engulfed in Blackness, which is a local act consisting of Brandon Vaughn. Who uh, it's really just a one-man band, and uh, yeah, it's he it, performs it with a drum machine live, and he does guitar and vocals. So I haven't actually caught him yeah even though he's a local act uh, but yeah I'm pretty stoked on seeing him he, he writes some pretty killer riffs but yeah that's all the band's playing
0: yeah like I, I really liked Engulfed in Blackness honestly the best out of those uh, songs he sent me Um, just really really dug like uh, the sound they were putting out
2: yeah oh yeah yeah Brandon uh, and that's that's one thing I will say for Brandon That dude works. I mean, he puts in the work. Like He he grinds to get his music out there and does a lot of promotion. And not only that, but he puts a lot of time into the music itself. So I really hope a lot of people stick around to watch that dude because I definitely think it's going to be a treat for people who do.
1: Yeah, uh, he's one of the more legitimate uh, metal fans around here. Yeah stuff for sure uh and we are going to try to make sure people stick around that late because we are going to have a raffle uh consisting of you know as much merch from each band as we can put together and if someone wins it you know they'll have to uh stick around to see if they win it and i think that'll be a a good uh point to keep people sticking around because really all these bands are quality there's not one bad band on the bill and to have merch from each one of them I think people will be stoked on that yeah
0: now you guys have Coffin Dust from Philly and Putrasek from I believe Baltimore on the bill as the two northern bands coming in how do you manage getting bands from such a far distance to come down to your festival
1: well uh I, re- oh, no.
2: <laughs>
1: I contacted Futuresect. Uh, I think that was one of the first bands I contacted, and I found out about them just by seeing that they were playing Mail and Deathfest. Fest, and I checked them out, and uh, I found out, uh, I guess I added one of the dudes, and I messaged him, and I just asked him if he'd be down to play, I told him where it would be and everything, and Shortly thereafter, they confirmed uh, it wasn't very hard at all to get them to play. Uh, Coffin Dust, uh, we are friends with some of them, mainly Alex. Uh, He talks to uh, Dan, their bassist, and I think he might even talk to their vocalist uh, and guitarist, Matt, sometimes. So we already had that kind of in with their circle. And uh, they were interested in playing, so, yeah, they, we were glad to have them. Uh, yeah, but, we were
2: definitely bumped when uh, that one was confirmed.
1: Yeah. Now,
0: I noticed uh, Ectovoid from uh, Birmingham, they got, like, all sorts of crazy record deals from, like, Sweden, Greece, Japan, etc. Like, what kind of, like, major worldwide interest do you notice for music fans, like, uh, around the world when it comes to, like southern metal scene?
1: Well, I think the main scene that's coming up now uh, as far as up-and-coming death metal, uh, you know, which is what I've been following mostly lately would be Atlanta. You have bands, you know, we have Mangled and Haunting both playing this fest and they're both from Atlanta. And you have bands like Disfigurement and uh, several others from the Atlanta area, and I think that scene is, like I said, Sadistic Ritual is also from there, which uh, some of those members play in uh, Haunting. And I just think there's a really good scene going on out there, and I, I think a lot of these bands will end up getting more attention. Uh, I know that Mangold and Coffin Dust are doing a split soon, and I think that will definitely help both uh, names.
2: You can also look in. You can also look in North Carolina um, and the brutal death metal scene that's been going on there, in, in no small part because of Steve Green of Chromatose Music. Uh, he also plays guitar in Lust of Decay, plays guitar and sings in an Atrocious abnormality um, you That have, dude's definitely been on it. Right.
1: Yeah, you have horrendous, which is they're not going to be based in Columbia, South Carolina, much longer, but they've been there. years, And I think they're one of the best uh, modern death metal bands during the old school sound out there. And they've been released on Dark Descent, and they've gotten a decent bit of hype for uh, their album The Chills. So there's definitely some good southern uh, death metal and even black metal bands coming about.
0: Wow. Now, um, have you put on have you put on events like this in the past? And like, what have you learned from them? And how are you implementing that knowledge into this event?
1: Well, uh, I guess this would be mine and Josh's first real fest that we've helped put together. Uh, there was a fest that we were kind of a part of last year, but Alex. Uh, our co-promoter kind of did most of that. It was the East Tennessee Metal Fest. And that was originally what this fest with Mountains of Madness was going to be. It was going to be the second year of East Tennessee Metal Fest, but we decided to just make it something new whenever we started seeing what bands were able to confirm. It just didn't seem right to call it that anymore. Um, I think we definitely learned that a few things. Uh, I think that's why we had more out-of-town acts playing this year. I think we do anyway. And we had more of a central theme as opposed to uh, just, I don't know, I think the bands gel better on this fest than East Tennessee Metal Fest last year. Like You'd have to talk to Alex really about more lessons, but we're, we're not going over – their heads with uh, guarantees and everything, I think we'll do pretty well with this one.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, Neil, um, like, you're the bassist in Cemetery Filth. Um, Like, what is your musical style as well as, like, lyrical themes? Uh,
1: For Cemetery Filth, it's definitely uh, Lovecraftian influences. um, And just sort of a imagery would be based on that and really our name like cemetery this that kind of cemetery meets lovecraft uh, that's basically and I'm really proud of the lyrics that we have uh, Matt is a really good lyricist um, I think he has a more Uh, Lovecraftian way of writing these lyrics than a lot of the bands that write those kinds of lyrics Um, But yeah, it's pretty much just Lovecraftian would be our main uh, Lyrical theme
2: I speak from an outside point of view, but people are really in for a treat with uh, with cemetery films. I've heard a lot of the uh, initial recordings you guys have been doing and Yeah, people are getting ready to get smoked. These guys are so good. Matt, uh, like Neil said, Matt's definitely coming from a very unique place lyrically. He writes some of the coolest lyrics, just cool. That's the one word I can use, coolest lyrics I've read in the genre. And his vocals definitely, definitely put me in mind of uh, David Vincent, like Altars of Madness era David Vincent, but he's putting his own spin on it. So people are really, really in for a treat with this band. I'm looking forward to seeing them.
1: Yeah, and we actually plan on having a uh, pre-release of CDs uh, for uh, you know, an EP that's about to come out. We're going to have a limited uh, hand-numbered uh, 45 CDs for, in time for the fest. So uh, they should probably, they'll probably end up, being gone pretty quickly just from the reaction we've had so far. So if anyone listening does make it out, be sure to pick one up if you dig what we're doing. Uh, And then we'll probably have a more proper release after that. We're thinking of having a release on cassette. So, yeah.
0: Now, for that album, I believe it's going to be called Screams from the Catacombs, coming out on White Ship Records. Um, Can you tell me a few words about, like, the songs on it, as well as, I guess, just, like, to production and mixing and everything?
1: Uh, well, when we first started recording this, we expected it to be a pretty raw uh, deal, like, a uh, raw sound. Drums are recorded with just one mic, um, and then Matt went to our buddy David. Uh, who was in Living Decay and he's in Haunting as well. He went down to Atlanta and recorded the vocals and guitars and it just made it sound so much better. And each song, uh, the first song, Screams from the Catacombs, after which the EP is named, is... I'd say that might be the most... uh, simple one we have but I just the vibe on that I really dig it it's we wrote it in our first two practices it's kind of not too fast or anything um I really it might be one of my favorites that we've done so far uh Gateway uh, Among the Graves is second track it's actually out there for people to check out right now minus solos which we still have to record um but we've been getting really good reactions from that one. I had ridden that a few months before we even started Cemetery Filth, and I think it's turned out really well. Uh, the third track is self-titled, and I really, this one used to be my least favorite, but once Matt added his vocals, it's turned into probably uh, my, my favorite now, and uh, it's just more mid-tempo heavy. I definitely think people are going to dig it. We have uh, another song we have written for the for live shows, but uh, it, we didn't record it. Uh, you'll just have to check it out. Like wh- whoever sees us at Mountains of Madness or anytime after that, we'll be able to check that one out. Um, and we're covering "Obituary" at the uh, fest.
2: And I'll be punching people in the face.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Now, for like an event like Mountains of Madness, uh, what type of promotion is possible in 2014 to promote an event like yours?
1: Well, um, we're definitely trying to get it out there. Uh, I think we're going to try to start promoting a little bit more now because it's really getting close less than a month now. Uh, we have Cult Nation, which I don't know if you're aware of that site, but it seems to be a pretty popular blog or site covering underground metal and punk now, and I'm, I'm a fan. I, I read a lot of articles on there. They're going to be uh, making an announcement on it. It should be up by the end of this week, and we're planning on flyering uh, which we need to do here in a few days and plan to do. Uh, we've just been trying to invite more people and get the word out on Facebook. And we can't... I know in 2014 a lot of people like to just stick to you know, the internet and Facebook and social media for promotion. But while that helps, uh, you definitely need to try to get out there and hand flyers out and do all that and we plan on doing that very soon.
0: Now, like, How do you go about making your flyers? Just like come up with a design in like MS Paint and like go to Staples and print them out or something?
1: Well, for this one, we had Matt uh, one of the other people that has been a big part of helping us put together this fest. He He's also in Cemetery Filth, Um, he made that flyer. He did it really from scratch. Like He drew the logo, and he's a graphic design major. He uh, actually graduated with the, uh, let's see, I guess it was last year. Um, But yeah, he's very good with graphic design, and he put that together, and I was really pleased with that flyer.
2: He's also the nicest guy in metal, and people who don't believe me just need to meet him.
1: Yeah, he's a very nice dude.
2: Now, um,
0: anything you want to add on
1: that? Uh, no, like, as far as no, mer- no remorse, uh, promotions and productions, like other shows we put on, uh, we usually just find, like, a cool um, <clears throat> background. Usually... Horror or sci-fi themed, uh, usually, and we just—my girlfriend actually uh, is pretty good at Photoshop, and she puts them together with my, I, with my help and my ideas. And uh, I think we've come up with really cool flyers, uh, like the last one, especially. It was uh Yeah. It was a like a cyberpunk. It was taken from the cover of Crime Zone. This. Uh, sci-fi movie from like 1989 I think which I hadn't personally watched but it's an awesome uh, cover and it turned into be like several people said it was their favorite flyer they've ever seen so that's one thing we try to do we try to have a professional appearance for any show we put on
0: in America I'd point to fests like the Maryland Death Fest out in Baltimore the New England Metal and Hardcore Fest up in Massachusetts. Chaos and chaos, obviously, in Texas. Slaughter by the Water out in Cali. And the Northwestern Black Circle Festival in Portland. Which of these festivals do you think the Mountains of Madness Fest took the most influence from?
1: Hmm. Well, I, I would say probably Maryland Death Fest. Um, although I wouldn't say too much, but We aspire to be, to have a fest like that someday. I mean, that's the premier metal fest for me uh, in America. Uh, I'm pretty sad that I haven't been able to make it there yet. You
0: shouldn't go next year, man.
1: (laughs) Dude, I, I want to. Like, each year, I know some people have complained about the lineup this year, but I was, I don't see why. I thought it was a sick lineup. and I'm
2: still depressed that we missed my Dying Bride. Like, I don't, I don't care. People can <laughs> complain and whine about that lineup all they want to, but I was heartbroken that we had to miss that. <laughs> yeah, and,
1: and Dark Angel. I mean, there's so many good <sighs> They fucking rule. Um, yeah.
0: Ron really brought it. Um, yeah. That
1: was very- I, I really wanted to go this year, but maybe next year. Uh, I definitely – plan to eventually go uh
0: get your tickets but, yeah. like in the fall because like those things literally sell out like ma- months in advance so
1: yeah that's one thing i noticed about the past couple of years how quickly tickets go um but yeah they're definitely like a huge influence as far as what we'd like to uh, eventually be but i think with Mountains to Madness, we place an emphasis, an emphasis on uh, up-and-coming bands. Uh, we try to get uh, some old-school and more established bands for this year's, but I think we'll always have mostly up-and-coming bands that need to be heard and maybe a headliner or two that are established. Uh, I think that's kind of going to be our thing showcasing good up-and-coming bands
0: well guys can you give me some final words to wrap up the interview
1: well uh, if this is really a showcase of some of the best metal acts that on the east coast as far as we're concerned it's like our opinion and I mean I do hope that people, like, if you're not anywhere near the Johnson City, Tennessee area, I want to tell you, it's worth the drive. Like, this will be a sick fest. Even if you haven't heard of all the bands, if you're into death metal at all, or just into good metal, period, and you don't mind the heavier stuff, then you'll find something to enjoy at this fest. And I uh, implore you to check... Uh, out more and schedule you know book a hotel or uh, we actually have a list on the event page of hotels to check out and cheap ones and we'll probably be able to find someone to stay with too if if you're broke but yeah it's just uh, starts on July 12th 7pm uh, $15 pre-sale $18 day of it's, it's going to be good to be a good test.
2: And not only that, but you get the uh, you know the pleasure of, of being in Johnson City, Tennessee, which for any fan of extreme music or just just, just people in general, I mean, is a really cool cool place to come and see a show. I mean, we've got a uh, you got Backdoor Records also, which is like the local, you know, the longest running independent record store. Um those guys do such a good job and you can find like some real real rarities there like really really cool metal rarities in that store um just the the atmosphere the vibe the people in east tennessee will be a huge uh huge difference maker for this fest so i definitely like Neil said i implore people to come and check it out and see what all the vibes about because it's uh, it's definitely worth it is
1: that it guys
2: yeah, that's, uh, that about covers it. I
0: think so. Much appreciated. This has been an interview on June 18th, 2014, by Nick Perkell with two of the promoters of the Mountains of Madness Fest, coming July 12th to Johnson City, Tennessee.